Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. Our episode title today is Seeing the Goldsmith's Face. This title comes from the idea that purity of molten gold can be judged by whether it reflects the face of the goldsmith or not. Often life throws at us fiery trials. Are they refining us? If so, they are not pleasant. Does God allow us to pass through difficulties to purify us? Does God allow suffering in order to transform our characters into His image? Follow our panel discussion as we seek some Bible answers. Well, on our panel today, we have John and Rosemary Malkovich. Hmm. Welcome, husband and wife team. Good to have you with us today. Thank you, To Clive. contribute Thank to you. our panel discussion. But before we begin, let's take time to pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we just want to thank you that you are there for us at every turn of our lives. Sometimes life is not pleasant. Sometimes we are called to pass through difficult times. But we thank you that you are there by our side, even if we are not sure of that or not. And so we just pray that as we discuss this topic today, that we'll be led by your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you'll bless every listener and viewer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I'd like to begin by reading from uh, the writing of, of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. He has something interesting to say here, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, John, John, what do you think Paul is trying to say here in this Bible verse? Well, there's a few things he's trying to say. But to answer that question, I think we have to go back to the Bible and look at verse 14. And I'd like to read that. And it says, But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. So there's virtually three things, Clive, that you know, it brings out. Jesus has removed the veil, uh, which limited understanding the Old Testament. And so he's removed that. Number two, we don't have to be like Moses who veiled his face because he'd been in the presence of God and people couldn't look upon him. And the third one is that our transformation is an ongoing work through the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible is saying when we read verse um, 18, as we behold Jesus, we are changed into the same image from glory unto glory. We behold his character and we are changed into his image. Okay, so this this idea, Rosemary, of of the image of God, what do you think Paul meant by that? Well, an image is something that looks like the original. Um, Let's read Romans 8, 29, and we'll get a bit of an idea of what that says. It's, It's there, it says, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, this doesn't mean that we, we look just like Jesus um, physically. 
even though Adam and Eve were made in the image of God, they both were slightly different, male and female. Um, Jesus is in, in the image of the Father. Jesus said that when you see me, you see the Father. It's really talking about an image in our character more than in our outside yeah, appearance. And, and restoring that image, isn't yes, it? Yes, you know, that's what the plan of salvation Eve sinned, is. After all, you know, that image was kind of damaged, wasn't marred. it? Marred. Yes. It was marred. Yeah. Now, I have a quote here. It's from the Andrews Study Bible. And it says, Christ is the firstborn because our resurrection is dependent on his. Because in this verse I read, it said that he was that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So it's not meaning he's the first who is born. It means that he has the preeminence. He's the most important one. And that really our resurrection is dependent on his resurrection. Mm. If he didn't resurrect from the dead, we wouldn't. Yeah, no hope at all, is there, no. without that. Yeah, um, I like the book, The Desire of Ages. And so do I. It's, it's, a, mm. it's, it's, it's a treasure, isn't it, about mm. the biography or the life of, of Christ. There's an interesting quote uh, there in that book that says, the image of God is to be reproduced in humanity. The honour of God, the honour of Christ, is involved in the perfection of the character of his people. Uh, what do you think uh, is meant by that statement, John? You got any well, thoughts on that? Yeah, there's a lot of evil in our world that can give people a distorted idea of what God is like. You know, genuine believing Christians, however, who love Jesus can restore the honour of God. Uh, what did God tell Satan in relation to Job? And I'd like to read that in verse chapter 1 and verse 8. The Bible says... And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? He, he avoids evil. He keeps away. You know, uh, we have all fallen, in a, we all have a sinful nature. But, you know, God can change us. Through the Holy Spirit, God gives us power to live righteous lives. And I want to turn over to Ephesians um, chapter 3 and verse 20. And we will read verses 20 and 21. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church of Christ by in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. God can do great things in us if we allow him to do it. And that's 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 the thing we have to ask. Job knew his God. Mm. Yeah, it'd be wonderful if you know some if God could say, Have you considered my servant Rosemary? No. <laughs> <Have you considered laughs> servant it wouldn't be Job? very nice. <laughs> you know. Um to be able to point to these examples of you know, Christianity in, in, in real flesh, isn't it? Oh, look yes. at Hebrews chapter 11. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'd like to turn back to, to Matthew now. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. We consider the words of Jesus here where he says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Uh, is there a challenge in this statement, uh, Rosemary? Well, there is certainly something we have to do. 
um, if we look at verse 16, Matthew 5, 16, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So this is saying that there is something we have to do. We have to let our light shine. We have to let the character of God be seen. And it's not for our glory. It's for God's glory. Yeah. Um, just going on in, in back to Ephesians again. Um, and chapter 6 this time and verse 12. There's an interesting statement here that Paul makes. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. He says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, mm. but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. And then he says, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Um, so even though we can't actually see Satan and mm. his evil angels, um, are evil forces still real, uh, Rosemary? Well, we just have to turn to the book of Job to answer that question. Um, so first of all, we'll look at Job 23, verses 2 and 3. Uh, Job said, Even today my complaint is bitter. My hand is listless because of my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that is God, that I might come to his seat. And uh, if we look also at um, verse 10, Job says, But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. We see evil all around us in this world. And we know through the story of Job that Satan was the one bringing this evil against Job. Job was puzzled, but he, hang on to, he hung on to his faith regardless of what was happening to him. Mm. And John, does that experience of Job bring encouragement to you? It does, because, you know, I've experienced things in my life, and I'm sure there are others listening who have probably experienced worse things than I have. Life is sometimes appear, doesn't appear fair, and I think of some of the things that happened to Christians, like alienation from their family. We were in the mission field, and when someone gave their life to Jesus, they couldn't even go home. Their lives were, were at stake. There was persecution, there's persecution, even the loss of employment. You know, these things, hardships and honouring God, Sabbath, all these things, you know, um, can cause a lot of stress, but they can also make us strong. And Job, when I think of Job, um, he didn't fully understand what was happening. He, he, was, he, he knew his God and he was prepared to wait on him and in faith he endured all that he had to endure. And that's really a lesson for me in my life experiences. No matter what happens to anyone out there that's experiencing hardship, trust in God. Stay with God because there's no one better who knows the end from the beginning that is able to take you through. Mm. Yes, I'm thinking about those words that, you know, I don't know about tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, but I know who holds my hand. Mm. That's right. Um, I, I think of the goldsmith, Clive. It, you know, the gold is put in the, in the um, container and it's heated to an extreme temperature yeah, and the, the dross, dross separates yeah. and then you end up with the pure gold. Mm. Well, that's what sometimes the crucible, I'm thinking of the, the container, that's what God does. Job experienced that crucible experience. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. God doesn't send persecution for us, of course, but, mm. but sometimes he allows us to 
to have to face difficulties. That's right. So that we can grow. But at um, the same time, there's a song I used to know talking about a song, and it said, um, "I don't know about the future, but I know the one who does know it." Mm -hmm. It's basically what it says. Yeah. Um, so you know, talking about the future, Rosemary. Of course, you know, Christian hope is eternal life. Mm -hmm. You know, than spending uh, eternity with God in heaven. And does that assurance um, bring help, help to a person during times of refining? Well, I must personally say for myself, yes. <laughs> um, going through trials is, is never something that's a pleasant experience. But let's look at, um, if we, no, let's look at, where are we? Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. As followers of Christ, we know there's more to life than this world. We know that there is better to come. Mm. We know there is a place without any of the trials, without any of the afflictions and death, pain or anything. And as we're going through the what is classed as light affliction, as, it, as reflected into the future where there is no affliction, um, we'll forget about this because we have a better place that we're going to be. That's where we need to focus our attention, not on the things here. We understand that we live in a world of sin, but if we think of what lies ahead, well, it's the same then as, we're um, better able to endure. Hebrews 12, 2, mm. where Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he mm. endured, endured the cross. The cross yeah. He went through it because he saw the future with the redeemed in his kingdom. But you'd hardly say that Paul you know, qualified to say light affliction, what things he went through, would you? Yeah, no, but he, he did. Went through. <laughs> he uh, did. He it's surprising it that he, in comparison with the eternal weight. That's the glory. comparison. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, the, what he suffered being whipped and shipwrecked. And, <laughs> and so he, he thought it was only light Stoned. affliction. It's amazing, isn't it? Mm. That he should use that sort of phrase uh, about that. Is suffering the only way that uh, we grow, John? Well, suffering often refines us and makes us grow and often leads us to God, which is, is a good thing, you know. It is not the only way, though. Challenges of new situation, changes in our lives, um, these can refine us and grow us as followers of Jesus. We should never neglect the study of God's word and learn from Jesus' example and follow the Holy Spirit. This is essential in spiritual growth. You know, in, in Hebrews 2.10, even Jesus had to suffer affliction. And I'd like to read it there in Hebrews 2.10. The Bible says, For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory to make the, uh, make certain, uh, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. You know, Jesus suffered for us. Why should we expect anything less? You know, if we are followers of Jesus, we're going to experience the same. So, you know, it, it is, it is um, suffering is not the only way. You know, there are other ways. Mm. But Jesus had to suffer also. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about that uh, famous parable that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 25, mm. where he speaks about the five wise and the five uh, foolish virgins. The, the whole t all ten of them were waiting for the bridegroom. Um, and verses three and four says that those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. 
And verse 4 says, But the wise, in contrast, the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now, how is that relevant to us today, Rosemary? Well, this parable is, is about the people who profess to know God being ready for Jesus' second coming. The time was delayed. They all fell asleep. But during that time of delay, five of them had special, well, they had spare oil and five of them didn't. And so when the bridegroom was coming, the five without found out that they didn't have oil and had to go and get some, whereas the others went into the marriage supper of the, um, the bridegroom and the others were left outside. Now that's to do with the second coming, who will be going into the second coming and who will not. And so in this, um, we are seeing that those who had the oil, which is also the Holy Spirit or can be the character that the Holy Spirit helps us develop. Those who had that were the ones who went in with Christ. Let me read verse 13, because these are Jesus' words. He says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Jesus said many times, and it's in the other writings in the New Testament too, watch. And that's what we have to be careful of. We have to be watching. We have to be praying for Jesus' return while we are in that waiting time because we mm. don't know when he's actually going to come. Yeah. Um, further on in the chapter, there's, a, uh, there's another parable, mm -hmm. uh, verse 31 and 32, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Uh, so here's another second coming story uh, from Jesus. What's, what's the basis, John, of this separation of sheep and goats? Well, simply it's good works. And you, if you listen um, to what he tells the sheep, and I'd like to read that, verses 35 and 36. This is what it says in Matthew 25, 35 and 36. For I was unhungered and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in, naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. You know, this, these are acts of grace and kindness of, um, to people. It was just like what Jesus was doing, you know. And, and it's important to note that the sheep were unaware of their righteous deeds. They are surprised by the Lord's commendation. And I'll just read on there a little bit. It says, verse uh, 25, chapter 25, verse 37. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we were, uh, thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? So, you know, th they, they were not doing this for the works for salvation. You know, so this is not a story of salvation by works but of unconscious goodness that flows from the converted lives. And I want to read a, a little quote here from the Abundant Life Bible Amplifier, and it says, The average person sees the heart of true religion as being in right doctrines or as practicing certain ritual and lifestyle duties. But that is not the biblical position. God says that's what is required. It's not outward behavior or ritual obedience, but to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. It's something. Once we accept Jesus and his character transforms us, we do things because we love him. It's not salvation by works. Mm. Mm. 
Let's uh, think about the character of those who are alive at the second coming of Jesus. And I'd like to read Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1. At that time, Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, and here's the good news, at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. Um, so at that time, what time, uh, Rosemary, is Daniel thinking of here? Well, for a start, we've got to remember the fact that um, when Michael stands up, there is this time of trouble such as never was. And those who are written in the book are going to be delivered. So obviously this is talking about the second coming of Jesus. And if we go to verse 10, it says, Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. We understand the times that we're living in. Jesus is coming soon. And the, the followers of Christ are purified. They've been through the trial of affliction. Mm. They've been through the crucible and they've come out purified and white. Whereas the wicked are not taking any notice of the days in which we live. And they have not been prepared from their own choice for the second coming of Jesus. Mm. John, will there come a time, John, when the opportunity for change in is past? When characters are fixed? Well, I'd like to read to you what's said in the Bible in Revelation 22, verses 11 and 12. This is what he says. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. And he says, Jesus says, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his works shall be. Yes, there is absolutely a time coming. And, you know, we are living in the time of probation right now. But there will come a day when Jesus will come and end the reign of sin of our world forever. Then the suffering of God's people will be at an end. There is a time coming where you will not be able to have a change of mind and surrender. You have to do it now. Mm. Mm. I'm thinking of that back to that Daniel 12 uh, uh, verses there, it says that those who are purified are wise and they understand. Rosemary, mm. what, what do they understand? You? Um, let's look at Proverbs 1, 7, because I think this helps us. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. In the King James, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But also, um, I'd just like to talk about chapter 3, verse um, 7. It says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Those who have been following God are made wise by God, not by man. They have true wisdom and they understand that the fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. It is to do away with those evil characters traits that we have and to refine them um, in the, the fear and respect and reverence of God. Mm. When we're going through difficult times, do we need to stand, do we have to stand alone, uh, John? Yeah. Not usually. <laughs> there are some times, of course, when we will be isolated in our faith walk. 
but mostly Christians don't experience what it's like to be in a church, to be in a community of like believers and to have a faith in the same Jesus and they're united. So we need each other, the variety of spiritual gifts that Jesus has given us or given his church. And I'd just like to read Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. And it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You see, Jesus is the head. And in, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15, we read, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Jesus is the head of the church. We're the body. We're the different, you know, the hands, the feet and the toes. We all need to work together. We, need, we don't have to walk alone. We can be together. Yeah, and it's encouraging to know that, you know, that God is equipping his church Yes. With people with different gifts, isn't yeah. it? Pastors and teachers. Yeah. And, yeah. Who can be there, you know, to, uh, to help us uh, in our time mm. of need. Even just, uh, you know, <laughs> they don't have to be holding an office in a church to be a helper when it comes to encouragement, is it? No. You know, any fellow believer can be an encouragement to us and likewise we can be an encourage, encouragement to them. Mm. Um, so this idea of the, the church being uh, united, as in like a body, uh, Rosemary, uh, um, how does Paul sum up uh, the benefits of this unity? Uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16. It says, From whom the whole body, that's the church, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. As, a, as people of God, we're all part of the body of the church, the body of Jesus. And we are supposed to be helping each other. That's what this verse is saying. There is supposed to be growth. There is supposed to be encouragement. There's edifying amongst one and another so that we can all grow perfectly mm. in Christ. Yeah. Have there been times, Rosemary, in, in your life when you've been encouraged by fellow Christians? Oh, definitely. Um, I, ha I was going through a very difficult time and I had church members who were very, very helpful to me and I could spend time with them and they would just encourage me with scripture and, and with their experiences. And our experiences are always an encouragement for others. Mm. Mm. What about you, John? Well, I, I can remember having to... Um, go somewhere overseas uh, to be called to be a missionary and I was on my own with my family and um, you know you don't really know what to do but you know church members can be a help they give you the reasons why the pros and cons that you are able to go or not to go and it's good because that's important you need to have friends who are wise counsel, wise mm. counsel. and so at that time I did go and God blessed mm. Well, thank you very much. Uh, my guests today were John and Rosemary Malkovich. Good to have you with us. You know, the story of Job reminds us that we don't always understand why we go through hard times. But we can be thankful that God can send people into our lives to encourage us when we need it most. Even if friends may fail us, remember the words of the old hymn, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. I encourage you to have faith in God that he will bring you forth as gold tried in the fire. 
Well, we're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak. Remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us if you wish on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Join us again next time. God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.